None of Your Business Podcast, inspiring storytelling from the heart. I'm your host, Robert DeLude. Now, thank you for joining some time with us today. And let's dive right into the episode. Hey guys, and real quick before we dive into today's episode, I just wanted to talk about my friend Michael Chauncey's program. It is the Create Fit Tribe. And really what it is, it's just a online mastermind for fitness individuals who maybe are just beginning their fitness journey with the New Year's resolution, or somebody who wants to compete. You're gonna have you know, your own unique nutrition and workout plan designed specifically for you. But you're also going to have this community of like-minded individuals to get motivation and support, questions, love. It's going to be like a family, guys. So check out the show notes. Find her on Instagram at Facebook, Michael Chauncey. Instagram, Tyler Michael Chauncey. I love you and enjoy the episode. Three and we're going. All right. So welcome, Dr. Tracy Thompson. Thomas, I'm sorry. Uh, so, who are you? What are you? So, again, my name is Tracy Thomas. Uh, people call me Dr. T. Dr. T. Uh, I am an award-winning psychologist. I am an emotional scientist. Uh, I'm a best-selling author. Uh, a interventionist. A speaker. A TED speaker. Uh, a consultant, and I'm somebody that helps emotionally sensitive people build the emotional strength that they need to succeed. And it's really all about uh, helping like uh, the most emotionally reactive leaders, right? Because we're all leading things. Mm -hmm. It's about helping emotionally reactive leaders stop reacting so they can elevate their life their empires, their impact, their income, and really do that while experiencing uh, epic health, happiness, and freedom. Okay, I love it. I <laughs> love it. So uh, what does an emotional scientist day-to-day look like? Yeah, well, my emotional scientist's self-existence really started back at my earliest memories. Okay. Where... And it just, I ended up just, you know, go ahead, going ahead and like fulfilling and living the truth of who I was. Mm-hmm. But on a day-to-day basis, it's always been just being in a really consistent connection with myself. And I'm able to really see the emotional matrix, I call it, of, of what's going on in human beings. Okay. And it's kind of like having an emotional x-ray process that I've been really gifted with. Okay. What do you mean by that? Yeah. It means that while we're experiencing ourselves and other people, there's all kinds of emotional processes going on. Okay. So there's our words that we're speaking, but then there's an entire emotional world going on. And so much of the time, like we, so much happens because we are not a society that has really developed our emotional 
capacity from the beginning. And what happens is that people go through life in much more of a reactive process and a series of chain reactions that everybody's just reacting and reacting and reacting. And then they're speaking and then they're yelling and then they're struggling and suffering. And I'm able to really understand in my own self and in everyone around me, what's happening emotionally rather than what it just looks like on the surface so that I can help people shift the chaotic reactions and harness them into focused attention, which allows people to create purposeful outcomes. Okay. So if, you know, I was one of your clients or whatever, and I'm coming at you and I'm just reacting uh, because Johnny commented something negative on my Facebook page. (laughs) What are some tools that you could give us so I stop and go through your process? So the most important thing for human beings to understand is that when you're reacting, you're not able to be in a creative process with your life. And therefore, you're... The suffering is because the reacting is someone else, let's just say someone else's reactivity and their chaos mm-hmm. is tapping on your chaos or it's creating that chaos. Yeah. And we both know it feels like shit to be in reaction. Yeah, totally. Horrible. And whether it's that moment, Robert, that you're talking about, or whether we can start to recognize that most people's lives, again, is like a series of chain reactions that goes through the generations. So like you might be reacting to that comment, but you're really reacting to every painful reaction you've ever had before that was so uncomfortable. And you're reacting to like what your mom and dad's reactions were that you absorbed in your childhood and then you reacted and, re- and everybody was reacting. So by the time you're in you know, whatever new fresh moment there is, and somebody's saying something, which I imagine, I bet what they were writing is probably not intentional. And maybe they were writing something reactive that wasn't very constructive. Mm-hmm. And you're responding to things that aren't constructive. And okay. that is chaotic, right? Mm-hmm. If somebody's saying something, but it's not about, hey, I'd love to see you create X, Y, and Z. And instead it's some sort of like their reaction. If, If what happens is that we, if we keep reacting to all other reactions, we will be suffering, anxious, overwhelmed. Our brain will be scrambled so we can't focus. And then, you know what? All of a sudden you're just like, I need like some chocolate or I need a glass of wine. And so reacting is ultimately the biggest form of suffering and the way to get out of it to answer the question about the tool is when you get the context that you're in chaos what you want to do with that kind of reactive chaos is you want to organize it and when you shift immediately as possible to an intention right so somebody said something they said dr t you suck and you don't care about people, right? Mm -hmm. And I see that 
and whatever that brings about in me, my question to myself is, Tracy, what do you want to create right now? And when I start to go into the creative process, now my mood starts to elevate, Robert. And even if it takes me 10 rounds of saying, you know, of shifting, of harnessing and cranking myself back into the creative process rather than the reactive process, your mood is totally going to elevate. You're going to say, I want to create um, whatever. I want to create a great dinner tonight. I want to create a great connection with somebody. I want to create a, you know, happiness in another person. Whatever it is, the moment you get back into your creative, constructive process, your whole mood and your whole self, and now you're actually in the flow of producing outcomes rather than reacting to chaos. So being more mindful of your words, thoughts, and actions. Being more connected to yourself and your intentions as well. Because I think sometimes mindfulness is confusing. Mindfulness is fine, but I want to be very clear. What are my intentions? I'm whatever I'm creating. I'm creating a, what am I doing? I'm creating a new home. I'm creating a new um, grocery, you know, fridge full of, of food. Okay. Every, everything is about a full connection to some sort of a vision that you have for the next moment or your future. And when you're in that, you'll always notice that your mood is elevated and your cognitive capacity is very good. And when you're reacting to something and in that chaos, you will feel captive and captive and you'll start to think to yourself, nothing will ever work and nothing's ever good. And you, you start getting out of your life's vision. And so, yes, you want to harness all of your attention to the future moment that you're creating, the future life that you're creating, because otherwise you're the one getting out of the process of what you're trying to do for yourself just because somebody else was doing something chaotic. Okay. I think I understand. So you're envisioning your future and you're rewriting the story. Always because otherwise Robert, Robert, what happens is when we react, we're already envisioning a future, but we're envisioning a bad one. Uh, okay. okay. We're going, Oh my God. And I'm not good enough and I'm never going to be good enough. And this isn't going to happen. And see, I always screw it up and somebody's never happy. And there's always a disappointed person. You're, you're now creating that future right there. You're saying the future is going to be awful and dark and gloomy and disappointing. And you're already doing that. Mm -hmm. And instead of conditioning ourselves, the same conditioning that has human beings always go to a fearful dark painful future we have the this is physics we have the exact same capacity and our and our whole system is always on robert it's never off so we want to give it the directions for the future we want okay and if we're going to be envisioning a horrible gloomy future doom and gloom we we might as well just be in the future that we want right now so that our whole emotional system gets to feel that instead of like churning in the future you're already in the future experience and it feels like crap yeah mm. i like that i'm a big believer on you know if i tell the universe what i want then it will happen 
Yeah, the because projection. you're telling yourself too. You're telling yourself, this is what we're doing. Yeah. Right? This is what I'm doing. This is what I'm creating. This is what's happening. And you're really telling yourself too, because then you'll follow your own instructions. Yeah. So like, why, why did you become an emotional scientist? Yeah. So some of my earliest memories were watching, feeling, experiencing my two young parents who had me as teenagers mm -hmm. uh, fighting constantly and they were reacting to each other and they were reacting. Here's how reacting goes. You react to the other person, but if, if nobody's around, just start to notice that you're reacting to yourself constantly too. I can relate it. You're in a negative chain reaction all the time to your own self and other people. It's horrible. Constantly telling yourself you're not good enough. Then you react to that. Yeah. Okay. Then you react to that. Oh, now it's this. Oh, now it's that. And your mind is ping ponging in, in a chain reaction. And so whether it's with yourself or whether it's interacting with other people in these chain reactions, mm -hmm. I was watching my parents and I'll start with them. And I would see them captive to reactivity. And I would see them yelling things at each other and struggling. And I would see them like out of their body, out of their intentions, out of the vision of the future that they were trying to create. And if somebody would say something and the other would react and the other would react. And they were, they were suffering in this as they were yelling at each other. Mm-hmm horrible pathology that's terrible pathology to be in that process because you can't create anything when you're in reacting when you're yeah. in reaction and i was able robert from my, my first memories of that happening to see my parents as separate from this entire set of emotional chaos that was going on okay and i could i was like this is who my mom really is i can feel who she really is this is who my dad really is. This is the best of who they are. And then I can feel they're captive in this emotional reactive chaos. And I watched that in them. And then I watched my family members and especially my dad's side of the family, the most highly reactive people, but also some of the most intelligent. And these are people that became very successful and a lot of them stayed reactive. So they don't really get to enjoy their success very much. And were you like, noticing this and, uh, and observing this like from like five years old on like wow okay i was in my i was in my bedroom at our second home that we lived in and i remember being in the bedroom and my parents would do this very frequently they would they would be so reactive they would be up sometimes all night long until four in the morning and i would just lay there and i and i would think i would hear them and i would know they're in a prison you know, they're captive. And, and I knew how much they loved each other and how much they loved me. But I thought, you know, I wasn't maybe at that moment saying this was their emotions, but I knew that what they were saying to each other was not what they meant. I knew that they were just in this horrible suffering. And then I would watch it in my dad's family, his brothers and his mom, and they would all be so reactive at each other. They had a hair trigger. Everything somebody said, they were very sensitive. Now, granted, Robert, they had, in my dad's side, they'd had three tragedies in my dad's and his brother's young life. Mm 
-hmm. that made traumatic things. And they had a lot of sensitivity and trauma. So I watched him keep reacting and reacting and screaming at each other. And I thought, these people really love each other, but they are not even able to be connected that way because they're in such reactivity. And lo and behold, and this is what my TED Talk is all about, Robert, is that I knew how things should be different when I was a young person, but I also was absorbing all this reactivity and becoming as reactive as they were because that's how reactivity is. So yeah, how did you overcome that? So I went through a lot uh, and I went through a lot of suffering first and I, by the age of 10, I mean, I was just such a sensitive person and I was just so, it was already so much reactivity that I was developing all kinds of symptoms, anxiety, depression, insomnia, you know, in my very young life. Um, I was deathly afraid and intimidated and I was in a lot of pain by the age 12, I had developed, you know, I had a coping strategy of, uh, eating, right? So eating changed my chemistry a bit and allowed me to have an escape and it allowed me to feel a little bit better. And so whenever you're in pain and you don't have control over your environment, whatever coping strategies help you get through the situation, this is what human beings use and find, right? Mine was heroin. There it is. There it is. So it's a very effective strategy for escaping pain. Would you agree? Oh yeah. Yeah. So I had such a horrible eating disorder. I was just, it was horrible. It was terrible for my body. I went through all these years of that struggle. I tried to get help from my family, but they were so overwhelmed They were reacting to my need for help. And I realized in that moment, I was 16, Robert, and I realized my family is so sensitive and reactive. They can't even get me the right help or help at all because they're already reacting and feeling ashamed of themselves. So they were trying to make it like my thing was not a big deal. Yeah, it's just a phase. It'll go over... You should just go on a diet. This is my father. And I realized my dad was reacting to the thought that he was responsible for this when really he was just also captive to all the reactivity from his family and his family before him. So uh, I knew there was a turning point then at my life, Robert, where I knew there was no one in my life, no one in my family that knew how to change this for themselves. Okay. And I kind of, you know, so I, I went... When I got into my like 18, 19, 20s, I was able to access the therapist for myself because I just was, I was at college. But I'll tell you, the therapist did a lot of defining the problem for me, but they didn't give me any practical, emotional, behavioral solutions. Mm-hmm. And I then knew like, okay, how many times do I have to know that I'm overwhelmed and intimidated by my family's anxiety and reactivity? I need to do something. I need help with it. Mm-hmm. So. I really went on a quest in my life to figure out exactly how to have emotional stability and consistency and become the doctor that I didn't have or didn't know or couldn't find. And that's what really led me to the path of really making the science of emotions my life's work. Mm. 
I like that. So what does that do for you? It does everything, Robert, because our whole life is run by our emotional processing, right? All of what we do, all of our inspiration, this is my favorite emotion of all, right? Inspiration is my absolute favorite emotion. And intention is actually a favorite emotion as well. And when I'm in these, these higher level emotions Mm -hmm. and I can hang out there and stay there and live there and keep coming forward to that every moment that I drop out of it, my whole life, if you look at the landscape of it, everything that you did was created by your emotional connection, right? Your connection to, if I want to be a, engineer then my emotions are going to carry me through that school curriculum Mm -hmm. but your emotions are also the things that create the chaos and the barriers that keep you from going for it or keep you from saying what you feel or keep you from doing what you need to do for yourself Mm -hmm. and so when you shift your whole emotional capacity out of reactivity and all of that sensitivity that just kind of keeps impacting you and you are able to shift everything in your life gets that elevated version of you approaching it, your body, your health, your relationships, uh, your finances, every step you take from a higher emotional capacity makes that whole thing, whatever it is, elevated. Okay. Right? It elevates your cognitive capacity. It elevates your communication capacity. It makes it so you don't suffer and then need to escape your suffering and then end up wasting your time. I mean, I spent years eating and wasting time that I could have been creating more things. And when your time is spent and you are spent in the creative process of your life, whether it's building a family or building a business or building a movement, mm-hmm. then you don't sit there constantly feeling like you're losing time and you don't have enough time because it's your emotions that are taking up most of your time. It comes in intentions to, to be what takes up most of your time. If not, so, so if somebody's like in the moment and they're, and they're constantly, constantly thinking that they're not good enough and that's just eating up so much of their time, like yeah. what can we do? Yeah. So number one is that our job is to have the best relationship with ourselves that we can ever have. And how do we do that? And everybody's like, love yourself. And what the hell does that mean? I'm a practical person, practical psychologist, and I need to know how to practically apply the things that people are all telling me to do. So mm-hmm. I dissected all of these things. Okay. Loving myself isn't just massages or what, like loving myself is kind of actually kind of confusing. What I want to do is constantly be connected to myself so that I can be connected to what am I doing? Why am I doing it? Where do I want to go next? Including doing things that are very self-advocating and beneficial for me and the resonating impact of that. Mm -hmm. So number one, you must be connected to yourself and self-monitor yourself 
all of the time because otherwise you will be in reactivity instead of intentionality. Okay. And what do you have like self-monitored? Yeah. So I'm always paying attention to myself. Okay. Right. So instead, like if I were talking to you, Robert, and I were only paying attention to you without being completely with attention with my own self and monitoring my own self, monitoring what's going on within me, monitoring my intentions for what I want to help you with and share with your audience. And mm. one of my, one of my intentions that I'm connected to the whole time I'm talking to you is that your audience can elevate their emotional capacity, stop reacting and live their life and intention. Okay. So if I am not connected to that while I'm talking to you, then I can probably accomplish a lot, but not exactly the same effect. And I might actually, I could create stress in myself that is unnecessary. Mm -hmm. But when I stay connected to me and I'm monitoring this self right now, like I can hear myself talking, but I'm also aware and I'm monitoring from the inside and outside of myself. I'm, I'm paying attention. Okay. Now, does it mean I, I can't split my focus and also totally pay attention to you? Mm -hmm. But if I only pay attention to you and I just keep reacting to you, then my answers might not necessarily be as intentional as they are when I'm paying attention to mm -hmm. me and you and the larger outcomes that I want to create here today. Okay. 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 Yeah, that, that makes sense. So I monitor myself all the time. This is something that my mom taught me when I was 10, and it was a great piece of wisdom. She said, we come from, she said, on both sides of your family, there's a lot of emotional problems. Mm -hmm. And, I, and I, what I translate that today is there's a lot of emotional sensitivity and reactivity. And she said, so you must monitor yourself and keep an eye on yourself at all times. And I'm a very literal, practical person. So I was like, oh, well, that makes perfect sense. I'm going to keep track of myself and see what I'm doing. So do you think that, like, before you, like, fine-tune it, do you think it, like, caused you to have, like, insecurities because you're always judging yourself? Horrible. Horrible. Yeah. Even though I could project, even though I was very smart, I always have been very smart, very capable. I have a lot of success from the beginning of my life. I became an elite athlete. I was a highly successful academic student. Mm -hmm. I have multiple degrees, lots of education, a very successful corporate career preceding uh, the, uh, the corporate corporation that I run now. And yet internally, Robert, I was in chronic tension because I was in a reactive state a lot of the time. Yeah. And when I, what I figured out along the way is when I was in intention and staying there and getting in a creative flow of solve pro solving problems, and then I would create these wonderful things. And then, and then it was a mixed experience. I would then also be like, you know, how did I end up in another relationship where we're arguing and fighting and I don't have the outcomes that I was going for? Yeah. So I had anxiety, insecurity, uh, doubt. I, would, I was so stressed. I would react and scream. 
and create all, and I was a, a loving, really dear person, but I would then be acting in a way that was not who I was. Then I'd hate myself. Then I'd eat some more. <laughs> yeah. And I would end up doing things that were coping from the reactivity instead of being like, well, do I want to eat gallons of ice cream and give myself diabetes someday? Or do I want to create some other awesome things in my life? And so I saw that I could literally be the architect of creating my own disease in the future if I didn't pay so much attention and watch myself. And Robert, this extends to everything. If I sit down and say to myself, okay, your uh, outcome right now is to support this client and you're going to write this email and you're going to support these clients' outcomes. And I somehow end up all over and I'm reacting and I, I want to keep track of myself to know, you know, not, it's not about an email, but am I, am I facilitating the outcome that I sat down to do or am I now over here in 27 other emails? And so I want to monitor myself all the time for whether I'm just reacting to stimulus or whether I'm following through the very outcome that I'm trying to create in this very moment of any, and that means any moment that we're in. Any moment you're intentional with your words, thoughts, and actions. All right. If I'm off, right? If I'm off, if all of a sudden I go, whoops, Tracy went over here and now she's answering the eighth email and forgot to complete this mission that she had for this one client, yeah. I'm not going to beat myself up. I'm going to go, okay, harness myself, buckle back in, create this outcome, move through it, et cetera, et cetera. Then what's my next outcome? And then I move on and I move on and I move on because I cannot, it, it'll be reactive if I'm trying to create all kinds of outcomes at once and I can't just complete a mission that is in front of me. Mm -hmm. And so you probably work with all different sorts of clients, whatnot. Is there any like client with like mental health disease, physical condition, whatever that like it's harder for them to go from this reactive? Yeah. So um, it can be Robert. So I work with, uh, so I work with people in a particular way uh, that also came from my experience because I believe a person, you know, we are a comprehensive entity, this, this being that we are. And yeah. what I see is that people, their foundational root causal issues of their, most of their issues, their cognitive abilities, their relational abilities, their social abilities, um, their proficiency and productivity abilities, their processing abilities, it's all related to their emotional capacity. All right. But what happens is that people will, they'll have anxiety, they'll have um, procrastination, they'll have distractibility, they'll have focus issues and things like that. And then what happens is all of a sudden it's like, well, they have an academic problem, they have a professional problem, they have a relational problem, uh, they, you know, it ends up being a mental health problem. And the way I see it, is it's all coming from the same emotional reactivity and sensitivity that they have. So we're and all just in like a spot of lack. Not. It's basically like if you're, if you're very sensitive and reacting all the time, you will create anxiety. You will create relationship problems. You will create physical problems in yourself. 
And when you're reactive in a chronic long-term state, then you end up with what we call a mental health disorder, which is really nothing more than a series of reactions that you continue to do that are out of your control, seemingly out of your control. But the only reason they're out of your control is because they got cemented in. There was so much reactivity and so much reactivity. And ultimately you're like, oh, now these set of reactions are called depression. And now these set of reactions are called generalized anxiety disorder. And yet the basis for almost every mental health disorder is is the react is the anxiety which is also just code for reactivity we mm. are just searching for anything just trying to get that comfort it doesn't matter if it's I need to get that comfort. drugs whatever or just all okay so having worked with people that are like just epically procrastinating and distractible I can go ahead and I have in my career, I can classify that as, a, as the symptoms of anxiety and ADD, and that's fine. But underneath all of that is emotional sensitivity and reactivity, which is getting in the way, it's making you distracted, and then you're distracted, so you're anxious, or you're anxious, or you're distracted. I can call it what I want, but I like to be more simple and practical so that we can just address it from what's causing it. Yeah. Right. So if you, so if you have borderline personality disorder, that's just means you're reactive in a certain set of ways. Right. And if you're schizophrenic, you're reacting and your reactions are so extreme. You're getting delusions and hallucinations and paranoia. Yeah. It's all the same. Yeah. That. Sorry. You, when you yeah. said BPD, my train of thought went somewhere. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Somewhere else, just I, my ex-fiance had borderline personality disorder. So every time I hear that word, yeah. I just go into a whole nother world. Well, I understand why you're going into a reaction because she was obviously, this means that she was highly reactive and that react reactivity also creates aggression. Mm -hmm. Right. When, if any, if I'm re if I stayed in reactivity a long time, I'm going to be hostile and I'm going to send you that hostility and I'm going to try to control what's going on because I don't feel if I can't control my own internal hostile environment, mm -hmm. then I'm going to try to control my external environment. Mm -hmm. And when I try to control something externally, especially a person, guess what? They feel pretty freaking hostile back at me. Mm -hmm. Right. Ah, yeah. It was a very toxic, unhealthy hostile relationship that's for sure so you can see why i care passionately about emotional sensitivity and reactivity because it creates all of these mental health conditions which means that the person's reactions got conditioned into like every time something happens they keep reacting in these same five or six ways or whatever mm -hmm. And so when I treat anyone or coach them, treat them and train them, mm -hmm. whether it is somebody that has so much sensitivity and reactivity that they have paranoid delusions, what we call schizophrenia, mm -hmm. I'm going to, it's the same approach. I'm going to treat the reactivity and the sensitivity so that the person can keep focusing on their intentions, their outcomes and know that even if they have a delusion or a hallucination, 
that if they keep reacting to it and reacting to it, then they're just in reaction and they're going to end up lost and out of control. And yeah. whether it's just say OCD, OCD is reactivity. And then people are obsessing and compulsive about doing the reactivity creates more reactions. It creates an obsession and a compulsion to do something. So it ends up this went to the point of when you change this, what else does it change? This is how I've treated every mental health disorder, relational disorder, uh, professional productivity issues, because this is what, if you just watch and monitor yourselves, all of you from now on, you'll just notice that you're either in a state of reaction or you're either in a state of intention. And one produces great outcomes and great health and well-being, and one produces a lot of stress and chronic reactivity and struggle that just goes on infinitely through the generations. So when was the last time you were in a reactive and not an intention? Yeah. Um, what's today? Today's Thursday? Today's Thursday. Uh, I was in one on Sunday night temporarily and watching it uh, because I had a huge week in front of me and I had a lot of outcomes Mm-hmm. that I wanted to create. And I was excited to create. And I watched a, I come on, I started to feel a piece of stress and I watched it and I checked in on it. I monitored it rather than believing it. And I found that I was reacting to, uh, I did some work with a, um, a very high profile person yesterday. And I found that I was already reacting to potentially not like doing a great job, which is not really a reality that happens for me. Mm-hmm. But I'm also, you know, the conditioning that I grew up in, like all of us is very fear-based. So oh. it's not, it's not about perfection. It's about precision. Okay. And so I went, I said to my husband, I said, Ooh, here is this interesting piece of pressure, which is a reaction and all I had to do to morph it uh, and, and transform it, Robert, was keep saying, oh, I'm, so, I'm already there at the moment where throughout, at the end of the day, the client's saying, this is the best session I've ever had. And I just kept putting myself, in, because I care so much about delivering those outcomes. Mm-hmm. And I really, and so it's a good piece of awareness, but I want to stay in the, I'm excited for this client to be so happy. If I stay in the like, what if my client doesn't think it's as good as I think it is? You know, even if I'm in that for 30 seconds or three minutes, that does not feel good. No, not at all. Horrible. It's, I would think that's, I think that was like the worst feeling in the world. Always thinking. It is. Always seeking that instant gratification. And so, so I use the same methodology for myself that, I mean, this methodology is what changed my entire life years and years ago. I just keep refining it and refining it because when you keep up leveling your life and you keep saying, Oh, I want to create more outcomes and I want to create more happiness for people. And I want to grow more. Then it means your emotional capacity will need to grow with you so you can create the success, but also so you can be in the success without making it stressful. Mm -hmm. So 
I'm always, you know, I like to really work with people who care about making an impact in the world Mm -hmm. because I want my influence to create an influence, this infinite butterfly effect of influence. Yeah. Yeah, Right. Then, then I'm creating a world where people are emotionally intentional rather than emotionally reactive, which is I want to be in. Mm-hmm. Right, making so, everyone more intentional with their words, thoughts, and actions. Imagine, and, and we're just—I love—I love that. I love imagine that. how life would be without reactivity, or if everybody could catch their reactivity and say, "Before I post this comment, what am I looking to create with it?" Which I do all the time. If I comment, mm-hmm. what am I looking to create with this comment? Do I want to help this person? Uh, grow their influence? Do I want to share some wisdom? Mm-hmm. What's the outcome that I'm going for? Yeah. Imagine if everybody was doing that rather than just reacting and commenting and blah, blah you know, all of this stuff. Yeah. That's a whole different butter. Again, it's a butterfly effect. It's an emotional butterfly effect. So if I catch any stress in myself, I just monitor it and I go, oh, okay. What's that about? That's a reaction. What am I reacting to the past or the future? Either way. And then am I reacting to my reaction right now? I want to flip it to my vision. And as we said, I was talking about earlier, I want to then live in that vision, which was so beautiful because yesterday at the end of this all day uh, VIP session that I did, it was even better, right? The client was just like, this was such the most incredible session that I've ever had. And, you know, and that's, and, but that's also the vision that I was going for was that yeah. she felt that way. That's amazing. It's amazing. Right. I like majority of my life, I've always been in a reactive state and like still to this day, I can be in a reactive state. So I got, went and got a pause button tattooed on my wrist. <laughs> so I can like, I wish the tattoo worked as well as I was hoping it would work. But now when I'm in this reactive state, like, and I'm just freaking out, like whoever's around me, like, dude, look at your wrist. And I'm like, Oh, okay. Pause. Really, you know, be congruent with my words, thoughts and action. And what's happening. Is it my ego that's being attacked? Is it whatever? Is it fear-based anger whatever it's it like is? Reacting. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah. Reacting then I'm not creating. Yeah, exactly. And like, even I uh, was even just messaging somebody before we hopped on today. And like, I thought the person that I was talking to was physically attacking me. And I just like, wait, what? No, I'm just going to ask like, what, what's going on? We're messaging on Instagram. Like just because I'm in a bad mood right now or whatever. It doesn't mean that he's coming and attacking me. And it just kind of dissolved the situation. Like I was like about to be like, F this motherfucker. I'm gonna... And it I... didn't. And then I come on and jump on a call with you. And this is what we're talking about. And I just love moments like that. I absolutely love it. Robert, let me share with you that I still to this day have this in front of me. It says pause and vision. Pause, vision. I love it. I still, because we're the pause. So right on with this is 
we never, it, we are not well conditioned and emotionally trained in this culture. And this is why what you're doing is so important. What I'm doing is so important for our planet. What everybody does with changing their emotional capacity is the key to all these outcomes we all want because otherwise, right? We're reacting to ourselves. Sometimes we think a thought, we don't even give ourselves the consideration to really extract from it the wisdom. We're already reacting, 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 reacting. And we do that in conversations mm -hmm. and, and just taking the pause to consider, which doesn't take very long, by the way, mm -hmm. right? To consider and say, okay, this is what I'm experiencing within me, by the way, because I can't really be clear. How do I know what the other person's really got yeah, going on? Yeah. Here's what I'm experiencing, which feels like this chaos, reactivity, shame, blame, whatever. And next question is, what do I want to create? Because that is what the next moment's potential is all about. And if I can say, well, I want right at minimum, if I can just find the first thing, I want to create harmony in my own self. I just made that up right now. Okay. I want harmony mm -hmm. right there. My chemistry just changed a little bit. And then I can say, I want to create happiness. I want to create whatever. I just start to elevate my own mood in a new set of chain intentions instead of chain reactions. Mm -hmm. And you keep going, you keep going. All right. Now you're inspired even more, right? If somebody's, even if somebody is like, Tracy, you are a murderer. You don't care about people. You only care about your, all this stuff that people project, especially onto people who are trying to help people. It's very fascinating. Am I going to take that? I'm, okay. What am I going to do? The person's reacting. So I'm still going to go, what do I want to create? I still want to create an elevation in the emotional mood of the planet. You know, I, I have high visions. I have middle visions. I have, I, what do I want to create? I want to go home to my husband and be in an elevated mood and create a harmonious connection with him right there. I don't have any stress. I'm liberated because mm -hmm. I'm in a creative zone right there. Love it. Love it. So we, we talk about your work. We talk about how to be in, get out of this reactive state and why we're in that. But Who's Dr. T without the degree? Who's Dr. T? Who's Tracy? Is more. Uh... I am a very, very fun person. I am, a, I am somebody that loves to be happy and generate happiness and generate entertainment. Um, my whole upbringing. With, I have girlfriends since I was five. There's a group of us that were, went, we, we have, we are a, a friend family. Since you're five years old? Since you're five years old. Wow. Yeah. I didn't even talk to anyone from my high school. <laughs> well, uh, this, uh, this group is just, it, it, it is a treasure. And my whole thread of my life, especially with them and the people who are around me the most often, they know that like entertaining is also my favorite form of creating mm -hmm. and it's a it's it's a it's an aspect of pain instead of pain you're generating okay. right you're generating joy 
And, uh, you know, in my career, I've worked with uh, Academy Award winning, Emmy Award winning uh, actors and, and who are actors and comedians and and studied a lot about this, right, about what who they are and what's really going on and what they're doing. And I really connect to this because my purpose in life is to share happiness. Mm -hmm. And this is why when I watched my family's struggles and anyone's struggles or mine, I was so passionate about it because I'm like, there's so much happiness available and there's so much happiness and fun to share. There's so many things to create art and all the cool things that people are creating in the world. And I just love to be in the creative process. And I love to support people in their creative process and see what their unique one finger, you know, even, even identical twins have their own unique fingerprint. Yeah. And what are they here to create? And, and that's really, and I, I just, it is, I love to laugh and I mean, don't just get me on. I love a huge laugh attack. Okay. Yeah. I just okay. really enjoy life because it's really wrong. I think you get this. It is so freaking interesting to be a person. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. Oh my <laughs> cool. gosh. Like I spent years, like basically since I was in sixth grade, shoving my body with Oxycontin and opiates, drinking, yeah. um, and then, you know, had spurts of sobriety through on and off my life. But like the, mo- like this go around of being sober, um, just being more like finding out who is Robert, like who am I, and that that is the most interesting thing of all okay. time. Like it's just finding who I am, and ugh, my internet. I don't know what's going on with my internet, so sorry if I'm cutting out. Oh, you're okay. Well, you got it because when I discovered that, like, there is this endless self discovery, and I will never be bored with myself. I will just always fail to see, like, what's she doing now, and what's that about, and. And, and studying other people without judgment, really, as a scientist. Yeah. And, okay, I find life so cool. And you get to create this. Your landscape is this, this open field of possibilities. And that's why when I know that when people are shifting at any moment from reactivity to creativity, what they are here to contribute is so important. And I want to experience everybody's outcomes and their designs and their visions and their products and innovations. And I don't want people stuck in the cycle of struggle and I don't want to have them spend their life eating and throwing up and going into treatment. And I've had clients who were literally in addiction treatment centers, Robert, for like a total of five years of their life before they started to work with me. Wow. Time on that and spent using and self-medicating in all the ways that humans do. Right. Oh. And instead, look what you're creating. Look, you are creating this with, you're doing this and you're and I are creating something that is changing the world right now because it exists, di- the world is different because of you and I right now. That's amazing. <laughs> so, so thank you. Oh, thank you. That's, so like, what, if you had an afternoon to do whatever you want, your husband's yeah. not with you, and you guys aren't divorced by any means, you're just, you're, what would you do? Like, what's your alone day look like? Oh, okay. So one thing I'll say is the good news is that what I do every day is really me. And yet there's other, there's a lot to me. 
so um, what I wanted to create was that I could be me and that I would just, I would be the real me and that that would serve people. Mm. And so I really, everything that I do, the way that I do it, my version of, of being a psychologist or an author or speaker, it's basically me extended out into these infrastructures of what I do. So when I tell you that my favorite thing is to talk about this, I am not kidding you. You can see that that's, that's real. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's, I get to share it and then people like you who get it. Oh my God. Like this is, this is really what I live for. And at the same time, there's other things like, I love hanging out with my two wiener dogs. Okay. You know, I'm a wiener dog mom and um, I love my family and my cousins and I've got so many great people in my life, but probably the biggest passion secondary to emotional science is that I love dancing and I am a, a competitive ballroom dancer. Really? Because dancing, dancing is something that maybe is about eight years ago when I realized I was lying to myself by feeling like I had to go to the gym every day to be healthy. And what made me truly healthy was the fact that I was always going out dancing all the time. Yeah. And I thought I was watching Dancing with the Stars one night after how many seasons? And I thought, Oh, let's uh let's figure this one out, Tracy. You can actually go and learn all the different types of dances you want to learn. That's awesome. And you may want to go to the gym in the future, you may not, but here's what your truth is right now. And I begin late much later in life to develop much more of my my artistic self and doing that through dance and all the different there's so many cool dances like Latin and and you know, waltz and boxtrot and tango. And I get to express all of these aspects of being a person. Oh. And it, what I love to do so much is go to the dance studio. And sometimes I'm dancing and practicing with my husband and other people. And I also just love to practice my own self. Very, oh. very cool. Cause it's an infinite study, right? How to do one of these, how to do a move in the foxtrot. You can refine it and refine it like a golf swing love it and it's just the it's the deepest most meditative cool thing ever that's awesome that that's really cool um but that that's super cool that you put yourself out there and not a lot of people want to go out and dance with, especially with strangers or dancing. like <laughs> everyone's worried about what are they gonna think but fuck what people think do you well, this is also why, because emotional connectivity is so awkward and our society is very emotionally immature, which is not a judgment. It means we need to grow in our ability to manage our own emotional experience so that if I'm dancing with somebody, I'm able to be connected with myself, even if the person, I can't quite be sure what's going on on their end or whatever. And I can just stay focused like, okay, let me, let me listen with my body to what you're asking me to do with this dance move that you're leading me through. Mm -hmm. And that was a good skill for me to put myself to, because if you want to see your reactivity as a person, start doing ballroom dancing because you will just see how reactive you are when somebody's trying to kind of lead you and you're trying to follow. Mm -hmm. 
And in that process, it's teaching me to grow in such a connection that I can listen, respond, and I don't, it does, can't take a long pause, right? Because you're, you're dancing together. Mm-hmm. And then create like how you want to in, in, in relationships with other people. Yeah. I'm able to create a harmonious experience. And if I can do it on the dance floor, I can do it better with people off the dance floor. That's super interesting. That's interesting. So, <laughs> so you're successful. You're an award-winning author. You're a TED Talk speaker. You're an amazing person. Let's just to simplify it. Thank you. Uh, and to express and create this excellence that you've designed for yourself, like, do you have a morning routine that you do? Do I have more what? A morning routine. I do. I do. It's very, very important because it's a conditioning and training of ourselves. And what does that look like? And in the conditioning of training of me, I want to, I want to grow as airtight as I can be on being in connected attention. Right? Okay. Some, people, some people call this presence, right? That's been around for centuries. But that kind of doesn't totally tell me what to do. If I'm just in presence, I'm like, now what? But if I'm in connection and intention, now I'm in the flow of creativity. Mm-hmm. Right? Presence was, I thought, okay, what do I do with this? So I always study the things that like, I'm okay, this is good advice, but what does that mean? So if I want to be as connected and intentional every moment of every day, which is the big aspiration, yeah. right? Because I want to see what I create every new moment that I'm better able to pay attention and be in intention. So I start from the first thing in the moment because we all know when we wake up, the mind starts reacting. You're grabbing your phone, checking emails, checking social media. The second your eyes open, if you'll start to notice reactivity, you'll find it in every, you'll find it everywhere. And you'll say, oh, no judgment. I don't need to judge it because that would be a reaction. I'm like, Okay, there's my mind. It's going to everything. I want to put it on my outcomes. Mm -hmm. I will take approximately 18 minutes. That's sort of what it, over the years, it's sort of morphed. I'd I'd sit there for like, I'd lay there for like 38 minutes and I'm like, that's fine too. And it's sort of, I realize my, my sort of typical is about an 18 minute process. Okay. And I just start so that my mind and body don't go to like the freaking to-do list, which would, which would bring about to-do list does not sound fun to me. Right. But I start already going to, you know, today I thought, what do I want this audience to be able to do? And I'm already thinking about the people watching this in their, in their lives and what they're getting and what they're doing and how they talk to their wife or husband differently. I start to go through the series of what's ahead for my day. Okay. And what do I want it to be like? How am I already there? What's it, you know, how I am with my husband, how I am when I'm driving over the office. I start to really think at the, so by the end of the day, I'm already connecting in the morning, Robert, by the end of the day, I have accomplished X, Y, and Z. And when I hang in that and hang in that and hang in that, then by the time I go to do something like this, it's kind of, it's not on autopilot by any means, but I've already conditioned and programmed myself for the experience. Mm-hmm. 
And then I'm not really working at anything very much because I already lived it in the morning. Mm, I like that. I like that. So do you, when you're like getting ready for bed, do you have like a routine that you do to like for your nightly routine? Yeah. So I do it before that. I do it at 6.30 at night. Why do you do it at 6.30? Like, I don't know when you go to bed, but. Yeah, no, my transition, because at night, when I'm going to bed, I've explored this a lot. When I'm going to sleep, uh, what can happen is if I start to process too much, I start getting too creative and I want my, I want my, what I'm trying to create when I go to bed Mm -hmm. is a very successful, restorative set of sleep so that all my human growth hormone, all my um, experiences from the day get integrated and put into the right long-term memory and everything. So I don't like to start activating big outcomes at night. I start reviewing the day later at night. I'll start to get excited about more outcomes. And then I'm kind of more elevated as a person rather okay. than okay okay so at about 6 30 when i start to transition between creating the outcomes for my clients and then going into creating outcomes in my relationship with my, and 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 heading into my evening with my husband we we do this thing where we individually review what we accomplish for the day mm-hmm. and we text it to each other And if we're in the office, we'll talk about it. But sometimes we're in different office spaces. Uh, And we will, when we're making dinner, we'll just kind of go through that hit list again and be like, isn't it amazing that Jenny can do this now? And, And he'll say, yep, and I got this done and I took care of that and... So-and-so was happy and we'll talk about our whole family. The family's really excited for this. My, it's my, uh, my stepdaughter, uh, uh, this is our grandson. So my husband's, my husband's, uh, daughter's son, uh, our awesome grandson Beckett is having a birthday on Sunday. So we're already talking about, we, we wrapped Beckett's presents and we are tracking Robert, the successes because if you don't track the successes, your mind will constantly go to the scarcity and lack of what is not done. Oh, most definitely. Oh, my God. Awesome. Yeah. I started making a list of the stuff that I don't want to do, like paying that bill, calling that person, whatever. Like the stuff that I absolutely won't forget about. I mean, I mean, the stuff that I normally will forget about like, because it's just not important. Um, like going to the, you know, going to the hot springs tonight is something that I don't have to write down because it's, <laughs> but, uh, and I didn't pay, like, I picked this up from a gentleman that I interviewed, uh, like six months ago. And since I started doing the things that I don't want to do first, like I can check this stuff off and like, it's like a little pat on the back, like good, good job, Robert, like do these things. So having that goal oriented, I think is important. And it doesn't matter what, I don't think it's, matters which way you do it but i think having a nightly and morning routine is vital because i need i don't know if you're anything like me yeah because because structure is all about conditioning yourself so you end up doing things more automatically Mm -hmm. right and when we're in our upbringing some stuff was intentional from our family of origin and and our and our parents and all that and a lot of stuff was reactive so what happened is 
some structures were really good and product productive and intentional in our families. And then a bunch of reactivity created weird structures of as well of automated responses and reactions that we didn't really want to condition ourselves for. And our family wasn't like, you know, nobody was like, Hey, I want Tracy every time I'm yelling, I want Tracy to feel uncomfortable and react and feel anxious. Nobody had that intention, but mm -hmm. when that happened over and over, that created an emotional infrastructure in me that yelling was upsetting and then I felt scared. So when we condition ourselves through these pieces of programming that we're talking about, Robert, you're conditioning and conditioning the same way when you somebody does a fitness program, the first whatever, 500 sets of sit-ups is effort but then all of a sudden you're like at the gym and you're like wow i'm just doing these sit-ups all of a sudden they're done i didn't even think about doing them i didn't feel them and you've conditioned an activity that now your body is used to and your mind is used to and your chemistry is used to so you're talking about these structures are your own programming and if and we want to choose our programming otherwise we'll be in reactivity without realizing it mm, okay Love it. You're so, really tracking. You're doing a great job tracking that. And if I can upgrade a little something. Throw it at me. What's up? I would upgrade this, which is all the things that you feel like you don't want to do. I still feel like that's going to cause stress. And I like to dissolve all of it. Okay. I would think of these things not as the tasks, but what is the outcome that you're generating? So if you're going to call somebody, I never think to myself anymore, I got to make a phone call because right there I'm conditioned to feel like that's work. But if I'm like, um, say I got to call the dentist and make an appointment and this is all conditioning to my own self. I'm like, I'm going to have awesome teeth for the rest of my life. And I'm, I'm dialing this phone, right? I, that's what I'm doing because otherwise it's funny how I can put that off. But if I want awesome teeth, all the way to the end of the story, including when people are looking at me in the casket or whatever, then that drives my behavior and I don't have anything that I don't want to do or have to do because it's an outcome rather than a task. Mm, okay. Huh. So paying your bill, do you really want to pay your bill or do you want to be absolutely, do I, I want my lights on, I want electricity, I want heat, I want a great environment, I want my car to work, you know, I want my car uh, to, to be able to be on the road or whatever these bills are. I'm thinking about what it's creating for me because I, trust me, Robert, I felt all of these feelings in my life too. Like, Oh my God, I got to pay. Okay. Send this in for the copay to the doctor I went to. And it's like, no, but I, I what do I want? I want to make sure that doctor is paid so that when I call that doctor is available and ready to meet my needs. Mm -hmm. okay. I, what do I want? I want health and well being, And I want all of these things. So condition all you and your audience condition yourself for what the outcomes are and the vision for your life instead of these tasks Because tasks are not fun. <laughs> I, I still yeah. can't. I still don't think they're fun. Yeah, that is fair enough. I, I like that. I'm gonna. I'm gonna try that. I'm gonna try and. I'm going to incorporate that into my life. Not, not try because. Right. 
Uh, I made a decision. I'm going to follow through with action. There it is. So, you know, like you got a book and out there, like where can people find you and learn more about you? Yeah. So if they'd like to read the book, right, which is an awesome uh, way to learn this methodology uh, that can happen very quickly. Uh, the book is, uh, I've got it right here. It's called uh, The Method, The Practical Path to Living Your Purpose and Potential. And you can Google that. You can go to Amazon. And why I wanted to share that with you first, Robert, is one place to start is uh, that, first of all, it's like the ebook. You get it instantly. You can go through the process of just the things you ask incredible questions today. You are such a great facilitator of learning. Truly, please receive that. And all of you can get the very specific steps on how to shift very practically from reactivity to intentionality. And I want to have you all give yourself that gift. Second thing is that you can go to our website, which is drtracyinc.com, D-R-T-R-A-C-Y, inc.com and when you go to the site the first thing you should do is take the free emotional sensitivity test and what you're going to learn is about your different type of sensitivity and reactivity and you're going to get a report that talks all about your exact profile Mm -hmm. again of sensitivity and reactivity so that you understand, just so we talk about, you understand yourself so thoroughly that you'll be able to shift this reactivity much, much quicker. And there's tools and all kinds of free stuff that we give you guys. It's awesome. And this is something that I'm the most excited about because each person's sensitivity and reactivity is as unique to them as all mm-hmm. the other aspects of them. Yeah. And we don't want to just assume, you know, one person's anxiety is not the same as another person this is just a way to know exactly where you're getting tripped up and what to do about it mm, that's awesome cool so do you are you on social media yeah you can go I, i'm on facebook you can look up dr tracy thomas and you'll find me on facebook and we post a lot of great uh, free resources there you can also go to our free facebook group called the art of self-control and it is an art we've been talking about it today robert and i oh. Uh, the Art of Self-Control has a, is a great community of thousands of people getting these you know, tips on recognizing your reactivity and really harnessing those emotions and controlling them and creating something out of them instead of having them destroy something in you and take away your time and all of that stuff. So I believe that's it. There's Twitter, Dr. Tracy Inc. and Instagram, Dr. Tracy Inc. as well. And of course, there's a YouTube channel. If you look up Dr. Tracy Thomas, you'll find all of it. Awesome. Love it. So I love the work that you're doing and the intentions that you're bringing because you're, one, with your clients and stuff, you're making the entire picture a better place for everyone. If everyone's congruent with our thoughts and action, very intentional, then the work that you're doing is intentional and making a difference. And that, I think that's super cool. So thank you so much. I just, I want to acknowledge you for that. That's, I love when people are actually doing good work, not there's a lot of people that like a lot of people are doing good work, but there's a lot of people that are not doing good work 
and only doing it for the dollar. Like, yes, we got to pay our bills. Like, yes, that for sure. But I think being very intentional with your words, thoughts, and actions is you found your purpose and now you're sharing the world with it. So thank you for that. Robert, thank you for acknowledging that because I know it's hard for a lot of people to believe that there are people in the world free of the emotional barriers of reactivity. When I focus, as I focus on that person's life, how it affects their daughters, how it affects their, you know, I work with a lot of doctors, how it affects their patients. When I keep my eyes on the vision of their capacity, then all of what, all the rest of the types of success flow from that. And the resources that I can cultivate to keep stewarding this work in the world it just happens and you become ultimately i'm a steward of this work and a steward of the resources that it develops Mm -hmm. and it helps my clients instead of just being workers and professionals it makes them stewards of this work as well in their respective fields that's awesome that's awesome thank you so i got one last question for you good thing you're sitting down for this one okay go What's your message? Yeah. Sorry. What is your <laughs> message to the world? Uh, my message to the world is very simple. There is nothing more important for you to do than to grow your emotional capacity as your number one priority for yourself, the people that you love, the people that you're creating, the people that you're serving. And no matter how tempting it is to avoid it the way people try to avoid what is emotionally uncomfortable for them and try to go around and bob and weave through their emotional deficits, because it seems like it's going to be a really awful thing. But you and I, we've just shown everybody, this is not awful to face your emotional level and to elevate it the way that Robert, you and I are today. Mm -hmm. But the conditioning is that because emotional pain is so difficult that, that elevating yourself emotionally will be difficult. And partly Robert, to your earlier point, some people in my field make it really effing difficult to help to have people be able to, to address these things. And my message is face your emotional deficits with absolute dignity and a commitment to your vision because the only thing keeping you from being the person that you really are and having what you're capable of and contributing what you're here to contribute is where you need to grow emotionally. And people like me can help you with it and it can be a complete blast. Love it, love it, that's amazing. Well, thank you. Uh, Tracy, I appreciate your time. Appreciate you coming on. Wow, guys. I hope you enjoyed that episode with Dr. T. You know, she really isn't very intentional with her work. And it's funny. We we recorded this a couple weeks ago. And then on Wednesday, I I had this group conversation with like-minded individuals. And we're just talking about the same thing. And I love how the universe brings, you know, these conversations and events to my awareness in my daily life um, and helps me grow, hopefully helps you guys grow too. So 
go find her on social media, hit her up, and now let her know that you're listening to this episode. Let her know what you think, and always go rate and review, and you guys know what it is. I'll talk to you soon. I love you.